0: Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual. Welcome back to Strange Tales. Thanks for joining me once again. We're going to hear this week from The Chase, an NBC series that debuted in April of 1952 aired for 55 episodes until june of 1953 our story today is my love is a ghost this one first aired november 16th 1952 The National Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join the chase. There is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. It may be the voice of authority or a race with death and destruction, the most relentless of the hunters. There are times when laughter is heard as counterpoint and moments when sheer terror is the theme. Always there is the chase. And where can we run to when we are being pursued by a phantom?
1: Have you ever been chased by a ghost? No, no, don't laugh, please. This isn't a joke. And it isn't an old wives' tale told by the light of the moon. It's real. It happened to me. By profession, I'm an art dealer, as you probably know. I dare say you've dropped into the John Crawford Galleries once or twice, and if your purse was large enough, you may have purchased one of my many masterpieces. I mention my profession because it's unalterably linked with this story. For if an oil painting in a Third Avenue curiosity shop hadn't caught my eye one afternoon, I wouldn't be trying to rescue now what little is left of my sanity.
2: help you, sir? Yes, are you the owner here? I am, sir. Perkins is my name. Uh-huh.
1: Well, you have a painting in your window, an oil young woman with the long blonde hair. May I see it, please? Just
2: one moment, sir. Thank the you. The frame is an old one, but I can have it refinished for you. Please. No, I'm
1: not interested in the frame.
2: But you like the
1: picture, eh? Yes, I like...
2: Oh. Oh, it's, uh... It's not a Romney, after all. A oh, Romney, sir? If this were a Romney, I assure you, I wouldn't have it displayed in a dusty window. <laughs> you seem to know a little something about art. I do, sir. Well, my name's John Crawford. The collector? Well, I've heard of you, sir. <laughs> Thanks.
1: What uh, What is the artist's name, Mr.
2: Perkinson? Oh, it's here in this corner. Rather difficult to make out. I, I, I think it's Ahab. Eh, have, an Englishman? Why, well, I don't know, sir. The uh, woman in the portrait is very attractive, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Judging by her dress, he must have lived perhaps a uh, hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. What's uh, she holding in her hand? Oh, it appears to be a small perfume bottle, Mr. Crawford. I've looked at the inscription on the label through a glass. It seems to spell Jasmine. Mm. Uh, really not a. Very good piece of art. I mean, his colors are all right, but the line... If you're interested, Mr. Crawford, I'll set it to you cheap—two hundred dollars. And it's $200 yours. Two hundred
1: dollars for this? You take me for an idiot?
2: Then name your own price. I—I'd like to get rid of it if I can. Why? I—I uh, I can't explain. You couldn't possibly understand. It's uh, just that ever since I acquired this painting at an auction, I've—I've I've had the feeling of. Of of being followed. Of being followed? Not by any particular person. I... I just... (laughs) You'll have to forgive a foolish old man and a rather superstitious one, I'm afraid. It's... it's
1: her eyes that fascinate me. I've never seen fear. In the eye has done so well. Oh, I'm before. sure
2: you can resell it, Mr. Crawford, to one of your customers at a handsome profit. Uh, my line is curiosities, not oil paintings. Frankly, I'm sorry I ever acquired this thing in the first place.
1: Oh, are you?
2: Oh, very well, then. I'll uh, take it off your hands for $100, and I don't have time to haggle. It's yours.
1: <laughs> well, I. I Shall didn't I expect... wrap it for you? Uh, no, I, I'm in a hurry. I'll take it just as it is. Carry it home to the taxi.
2: Uh,
1: there you are. One hundred dollars. You can send the receipt to my gallery.
2: Thank you, Mr. Crawford, and good day. Good day. Is anything wrong, Mr. Crawford? Wrong? Well, you uh, seem to have been startled by something. Well, it... <laughs>
1: it's just my imagination. You uh, didn't smell it, did you?
2: Smell what, Mr. Crawford? The odor, perfume.
1: I thought for a moment that I could detect it in this room. And the perfume was jasmine. Coincidences are rare in my life, but it was on that very night that my wife Edna got another one of her silly ideas. Edna's actually a marvelous woman. We've been married 12 years, and our love has grown strong and stable, particularly since we've never been fortunate enough to have children. Like her. Edna's an intelligent woman with a wonderful sense of humor, but like all women, she occasionally goes in for fads. And on the day I bought the painting, she'd returned home with something new.
3: But, John, it should be such fun.
1: Oh, Edna. Darling, the whole idea is ridiculous, and it bores me. Oh, seances Well, that sort of nonsense went out with hoop skirts.
3: You don't believe in the supernatural? Of
1: course not. Do you?
3: Mm, perhaps.
1: Edna, there are no such things as ghosts. When people die, they don't come back.
3: Prove it to me by coming to the sales. They say the Swami's
1: marvelous. (laughs) The Swami?
3: Oh, please, darling, be a good sport.
1: Oh, all right. I'll give it to you when, but I warn you, you we're both going to feel like idiots before this night is over. The seance was held in the back room of a small midtown flat, and there were about six or eight people in the company when we arrived. We were seated in a sort of a semicircle, then the Swami entered. A tall, thin Indian in a turban with protruding cheekbones and a mask-like face. He regarded his guests with amusement for a moment, and then began
2: to speak. There are some of you here who are skeptics. There always are. But whether you prefer to believe the truth or not, I am prepared to demonstrate that the spirits of the dead can return in one form or another. Santa, the lights, please.
3: Oh, it's so dark.
2: And now, your absolute concentration and indulgence for a few moments while I try to establish a bridge to the hereafter.
1: He sat in his chair and closed his eyes, and from somewhere in the room we heard music. It was completely dark at first, but as my eyes grew accustomed to the gloom, I could see his body sway, and a moan escaped from his lips. Then he began a mumbo-jumbo in a voice that was strange and high-pitched. And for the life of me, I couldn't help feeling a momentary wave of revulsion and cold fear.
2: Yes. Who? Yes. Through me. We are waiting. We are... Ah! Ah! I
3: hear. Yes, sir. For a moment I thought he was hear.
2: strangling.
1: Then the mumbo jumbo stopped. And there was silence, deep silence, that was broken only by the sound of a feminine voice.
4: Ahab. I want Ahab. It is Ariane calling. My darling. Even with blood on your hands. I love you so. Ahab! You are here. I see you, Ahab. And I caress you.
3: No! Don't take your hands off me! Oh, Where is the light? Is it?
1: The light! Put the light? Yes, the outburst was from me, and it almost created a riot. Instantly, the place was in an uproar. A woman fainted when the room was illuminated. I saw the Swami writhing on the floor as if in some horrible agony. A moment later, his face grew calm and he opened his eyes, but I was already on my way out of that confounded room with Edna and tow. Oh. oh, it's good to get a breath of fresh air again.
3: Really, John? Your behavior was unpardonable.
1: Edna, I actually felt something in that room, something
3: cold. John... What are you talking about? When
1: I tell you this, darling, you may think I'm crazy, but I swear that that's how it felt.
3: How? What
1: felt? The kiss. For a moment, there were two lips pressed against mine. And, and yet, they weren't lips. They, they weren't flesh and blood at all. They were... They...
3: John, now, l- l- let's go home. Oh, you're tired, darling, and I'm i am sorry I dragged you to that silly seance. We'll get some sleep.
1: Yes. Uh, very good suggestion, Let's get some sleep. John? Hmm? Oh, it's you, Edna.
3: How do you feel?
1: Oh, I'm all right, darling. I'm afraid I behaved like a kind of an idiot last night. Will you forgive me? Oh, there's nothing to forgive.
3: Is is that the new picture?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I just acquired it yesterday.
3: That's rather good. Who's the artist?
1: A chap named... Ahab, never heard of him, but the portrait appealed to me.
3: Did you say Ahab? Yes. Wasn't that the name mentioned
1: of... by that uh, that woman's voice at the séance? Yes.
3: But what does it mean?
1: W- what does what mean?
3: The coincidence.
1: Not it... a coincidence, Edna. There's a connection. There must be. Perhaps the voice at the séance belonged to this girl with the golden hair. <laughs>
3: You made fun of me for having some belief in the supernatural, John, but now you're going even farther than I did.
1: (laughs) I know, darling. It's asinine. Forget it, will you, Edna. The entire thing is undoubtedly a fraud.
3: She's very lovely, the girl in your painting.
1: Hmm. You think so? Yes. But she's not quite my type. I imagine she's been dead for over a hundred...
3: What's the trouble, John?
1: I... I don't quite know.
3: John... Are you sure you've been feeling well these past Shh, few days? Quiet,
1: Edna. Did you
3: smell anything odd just then? Odd? Oh? Yes,
1: the odor of the jasmine.
3: No. Quiet.
1: There it is again.
3: It's unmistakable,
1: Edna. Uh, John, come out of this room quickly.
3: Why are you locking the door?
2: Locking?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's silly, isn't it?
3: John, you're not yourself. Something's troubling you. That seance... Let's
1: not talk about the seance, Edna.
3: Very well, if you don't want to. Edna,
1: let's go south for a few weeks. South? Yes, the season hasn't started yet. Palm Beach shouldn't be too crowded. Look, we can even go to Havana for a while and have a bit of relaxation. We we missed out on the summer vacation. Let's make up for it now.
3: (laughs) I've been trying to get you to take a few weeks off for almost a year. Havana should be wonderful fun. We can leave next week. No,
1: no, no, no. Not next week, Edna.
3: No? Well, then when?
1: (laughs) Uh, hello, uh, information, would you get me the uh, number of the airline's terminal, please? Yes, uh, thank
3: you. Oh, well, when do you want to leave, John? In a day or two?
1: Tonight. Tonight? There may be a plane in two or three hours. We can make it. But we haven't even
3: packed, and we uh, well, haven't sh- any... Ready... Sh- sh-
1: what? Uh, yes. Oh, thank you, operator.
3: Oh, now, John, just a moment. Put that phone down, please. Edna! John! What are you running away from? Running away you act as though, as though something or someone has frightened you. This isn't like you, John. I, I, I don't understand it, and it worries me. All right, be difficult. Just, just for old times' sake. All right, darling. I'll pack a few things, and we'll be on our way.
1: I couldn't tell her. I, I couldn't tell her that she was right, and that I was running away from something. Then I didn't know. Then it was just an unbridled feeling of wanting to escape. I didn't realize that my pursuer would follow me to the ends of the earth and that the chase would have no finish. But once on the midnight plane, Edna fell right to sleep. I read a bit, and when the hostess dimmed the plane lights, I walked to the back of the ship for a glass of water. A few moments later, I made my way forward again, but because of the darkness, I settled myself in the wrong place. There were two vacant seats... But when I realized my mistake and started to get up again, I suddenly sensed that although the seat beside me looked empty, it wasn't. For a moment I froze. A hand had touched my arm, a hand I couldn't see. Then the odor of jasmine again. Very powerful now.
3: And an icy caress on my throat. Hey,
4: hep. Hey, heaven, I love.
3: You will never leave me. Let me go! John,
1: John, what are you doing back here? Edna. Oh, John, you're ill. Help
3: me up, Edna. Let me ring for the stewardess. No, no, no. No, don't do that. She's gone. Who's gone? The girl, the the thing, whatever it was that
1: tried to kiss me again just now. John. It followed me aboard the plane, and it's here, here. The next stop is Jacksonville. We're getting off this plane. Getting off? There's no point in trying to run away any longer, Edna. She'll pursue me wherever I go. Edna.
3: Yes, John.
1: I think a ghost has fallen in love with me. Yes, it struck me all at once. The girl, or the phantom, or whatever you want to call her, believed I was a man named Ahab, the man who painted her portrait, because I was certain now she was the woman in my picture. And she was infatuated with me. There was no mistake about it. Her kiss, her caress... Oh, it reminded me of the lips and fingers of a cadaver. It was her way of showing affection. <laughs> affection, mind you, from a ghost. Was I going completely crazy? But I had a plan, and although Edna had other ideas, I intended to follow it through.
3: I want to tell you something. I've made an appointment for you.
1: You yeah, have with whom?
3: Doctor Richardson.
1: The psychiatrist.
3: You must see him at once.
1: Oh, you think I'm off my trolley, do you?
3: I think you're on the verge of a nervous breakdown, John. I, I want to be honest about it. And you know, darling, that no matter what, break the, the appointment, Edna. What? Why? Because
1: I won't keep it. John. I'm not crazy and I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I have my own ideas about what all this means and I'm going to get to the bottom of it myself. How? I'm going to do a little research for one thing. I'm going to find out exactly who this Ahab was, what he looked like, if possible. Oh, there, there may be some information on his relationship with a girl, Ariane. And if there is... Oh, Edna. Don't look at me so condescendingly. I won't have it. I I
3: didn't
1: mean to. I'm not a child, and I'm not a lunatic. And please leave me alone. John, John. I went into the study, sat down to cool off. My fingers trembled with rage and frustration when I lit a cigarette, and as I inhaled deeply and let the smoke curl out in a steady stream, my body relaxed a little, and my nerves began to steady. Then, a moment later, I knew I wasn't alone in the room. It began again as usual, with a smell of jasmine in the air. Then, and this brought drops of perspiration oozing from my skin, I saw the smoke curl lazily above my head and form itself into a hazy figure. For a moment the figure was shapeless, and then slowly the face began to appear. It was Ariane's face. The face of the girl in the painting. I gripped the chair to steady myself. Then suddenly grew calm. She was calling to me again, and this time I would answer her.
4: Ahab, Ahab. I'm not Ahab. Ahab My beloved.
1: And I'm not your beloved.
4: You are the only man I've ever
1: loved. Now, now look here. Let's let's be sensible about this. Ahab. My name is John. John Crawford. I. I have no idea at all of why you're chasing me around, but you may as well know right now that it'll get you nowhere. I love you, Ahab. But I don't love you. Do you understand that? I don't love you. In the first place, I'm I'm already married. In the second place, I'm probably twice your age. <laughs> and please don't be impertinent. Now, go on about your business and leave me alone. Now kiss me, Ahab. I I said leave me alone. Now kiss me.
2: Oh, I'll let, 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 let go of me. I thought I, I my throat is strangling me. You, 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 you're trying to kill me. Give away!
3: John! <coughs> uh, no. so let me pour you a drink. Uh, I need one. Here, darling. Thanks.
1: Are there... marks? Marks? On my throat. Where she tried to strangle me. No.
3: There are no more. But I tell you, Edna, she...
1: Oh, it's obvious that you don't believe me.
3: Oh, John. It's quite
1: all right, Edna. I, I understand.
3: But when, when I heard you talking to yourself... To
1: myself? You heard no other voices?
3: No, dear. If you just... See
1: Dr. Richardson. Edna, I'll make a bargain with you. I'll see Dr. Richardson on one condition. Well? I want a week to do some research. Just one week. And if I haven't got an explanation for all this, I'll submit to an examination.
3: A full week, darling?
1: Yes, with no questions asked. I want this room locked when I'm out. And we won't bring up the subject again until one week from today. Is it a bargain.
3: Very well, John. Whatever you say. What are you doing with that portrait? I'm putting it inside this closet. But why, John? Because I detest the sight of it.
1: Out of work. First, first I'm going to check up on all the art museums. I'll, I'll get a line on every artist who ever lived, good, bad, and indifferent. Then I'll, I'll check with the central branch of the public library. I, I may find his name somewhere, it? and perhaps it'll be linked with Ariane. I think that...
3: <laughs> what is it, John?
1: You didn't hear it? Hear what? That laughter. Seemed to come from the closet where I placed that picture.
3: <laughs> I I didn't hear a thing. No, John.
1: Neither. <laughs> neither did I. No, neither did I. <laughs> it was obvious. Ariane was audible to me alone. No one else could hear her. But I was getting used to her ridiculous antics now, and I didn't care. I set to work to learn something about her history through the artist Ahab. For a time, I thought I was timied. Then I ran into a bit of luck. I'd strayed into a legal library, specializing in law books only. And while thumbing through their catalogs, I hit pay dirt. Uh, miss. Uh, miss, could you help me for a moment?
4: What can I do for uh, you, sir?
1: This uh, card in the, in, in the catalog, Ahab uh, versus the Crown. What uh, what does it mean?
4: Oh, let me see. It seems to refer to a legal trial during the reign of Queen Victoria, judging by the catalog number.
1: Uh-huh. Where, where uh, can I uh, find a description of it?
4: Come with me, sir. All right. Uh, the book should be on this shelf. Uh-huh. Let's see. Oh, here we are. It's a collection of famous murder trials held during the reign of Queen Victoria. Uh,
1: I see. Thank you. Uh,
4: Is there anything else I can
1: do for you? No, 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 thanks. You've been very helpful. This is what I want. Yes, this is precisely what I want. I sat down at the table to read the account, but as I turned the pages, I seemed to feel that I was being interfered with in some way. I was intent on getting to the proper place in the book, and it wasn't until I'd reached it that I thought I saw the chair right beside me move. The empty chair. As though someone or something had just sat down to read the account over my shoulder. Oh, you followed me again? Don't, 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 don't pretend you haven't. Don't pretend you aren't there. I can smell that nauseating odor of jasmine clearly. All right. All right, sit there and watch me if you like. I'm not worried. Sit there and twiddle your life for some for all I care.
4: Sir, is something wrong, sir? What? What? I thought I heard you call.
1: No. No, no, I I didn't call. I I see. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Uh, May I I borrow this book?
4: I, I certainly, sir... Fill out this card, please. Here's the pen, sir. Uh, and uh, the ink? Uh, you can use this bottle.
1: Yeah, thank you.
4: Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, What happened, sir?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I was clumsy. The ink bottle was broken on the floor. Let, let, let me pay for it, please, and I'll, I'll make the card out in pencil. There was no use telling her the truth. The librarian would have called for a policeman, but the plain fact was, Ariane, my unwanted sweetheart, had deliberately pushed my arm so that I upset the ink bottle. Oh, she was a clever one. For some reason, she didn't want me to read that account about Ahab's trial, but whether she liked it or not, I was getting the facts and Arianne could go hang. John? Oh, oh, hello, Edna.
3: When did you get home?
1: We got home about two hours ago. We? I mean, I, I, I did. Edna, look here, I... I I've, I've uncovered a clue. I've been reading an account in this book about a murder trial some uh, 90 years ago. The trial of a man named Ahab, Edner. and And do you know who his victim was? Who, dear? Ariane. I see. No, you don't see. I haven't explained it yet. Will you listen, please? Of course, John. Ahab Coulter was an artist and a frustrated one. According to the court records, his work rarely sold. He was subject to fits of anger and, uh, and depression. And
3: who was Ariane? His
1: model. His only model. And she was madly in love with him. But he imagined she was leaving him for another man. And he strangled her.
3: How awful.
1: Well, he was clever about hiding her body. It was months before he was apprehended by the police. When they finally caught up with him. (laughs) Purely his own fault. He'd gone out of his mind. And in his rantings, he admitted his guilt. I
3: don't want to hear any more. But
1: you must hear the rest. It's the most important part. When they arrested him, Edna, he was standing in front of a portrait of Ariane that he had painted, the portrait that I now own, Edna. Yes, He Ahab had a knife in his hand, and he was about to stab the portrait through the heart. During the trial, he said over and over again that the woman was trying to drive him crazy, even in death, and that the only way he could get rid of her was by
3: murdering her portrait. Murdering her portrait?
1: He never got a chance to do it, however. He was imprisoned in jail. For the criminally insane. Where he died. Now. Well. Yeah.
3: There's
1: an old woodcut here, look, in the book. A picture of a Hapkolder. Look, 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 look at him. Edna. Look at him. He resembles
3: me. Where are you going, John? To the kitchen. John, wait! What are you doing with that bread knife? Get John? out of my way, Edna. And... John, no. Get out of my way! You're not going into the study. Yes. Now, listen to me. You've got to listen. Well... It's been a week now. A week? Since we made our bargain. What bargain? You said you'd consult with Dr. Richardson in one week's time. I said... Oh, I did say that, didn't I?
1: (laughs) All right, call him, Edna.
3: Oh, John, may I... Yeah,
1: I'll see him tomorrow. Meanwhile, I'm going to finish what Ahab Coulter started to do. I locked myself inside the study and opened the closet door. I removed the painting of Ariane and stood it against the wall on the couch. For a moment I studied it, its lovely features and terror ridden eyes. And then for the last time I heard it laugh. The laughter rang out like a terrible curse. And I hesitated for a moment, frightened. Then I raised my hand and plunged the knife through the portrait just with a heart. That was several months ago. Since then... Well, I've been convinced that it was all one gigantic hallucination. Dr. Richmond explained it to me while he treated me for a nervous breakdown and sent me away for a brief rest. He said it all started at the séance, which was undoubtedly a fraud. Ariane's voice at that time was a hoax that both my wife and I could hear. But everything else from that point on was merely a product of my imagination. You see... I was the only one who heard and felt and, well, this was a thing after the seance. Edna saw and heard absolutely nothing, so it was my own overworked brain that had manufactured the entire episode. Well, so much for that. It was an experience that never happened, but it's all in the past. I'm better now, feeling fit, nothing will ever bother me again there's only one thing that puzzles me however why is it that sometimes i can still detect odour of jasmine <laughs>
0: The chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Cleve. Featured in tonight's cast were Paul McGrath, Ann Seymour, Roger DeCoven, and Brian Raber. The chase is directed and transcribed by Edward King, Fred Collins speaking. <laughs> Next week, a man who has lost his memory begins a search for his own identity. A hunt that produces some startling revelations during The Chase. <laughs> That's our story for this week, but there's more from The Chase, Strange Tales, and all of the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. Thousands of episodes to listen to there and a shoutcast stream, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Sunday with another episode of Relic Radio's Strange Tales.